Well, thanks again for listening to the Park Hills Podcast. If you want more info on the things we're doing, go to parkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app. Well, welcome back, everybody, and Pastor Alex, hi. Hey, Pastor Chris. You feeling better now? Uh, finally. Yes. Some some have asked why I did solo podcasts, and one was vacation, and the other one was people sick, and I'm just trying to keep us moving every week. It's just, that's like the second time in the last month or two that I'm like hit, and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> you got little kids. It's all part of it. Yeah. So to remind everybody, the kind of the point of this podcast in our mind, you know, when we call it notes from the cutting room floor, these are things that, you know, might be interesting topics that don't necessarily serve the purpose of the sermon, but they might be interesting things for you to listen to and think about, might help you with the sermon, but not necessarily. And we're kind of looking at sort of an impromptu conversation. You know, if you were to sit in on our sermon team meeting and we walked out in the hallway and began talking about the passage we just studied, we have conversations like this all the time. But just so you know, listener, they're not always totally prepared. We don't always sit and like walk through, you know, hey, here's the five things we're going to talk about. There, there are times where we go, hey, here's the three topics. We're going to work through these. Uh, but today is very much impromptu, and Alex is going to take That's, the wheel. Wow, you have to like throw in all these caveats. If this isn't very good, it's because no, it's not. Know. That's not what I'm saying. It's more that Absolutely. I think people think. I hope people don't think that we're sitting here, you know, with a scripted response ready to talk. We've yeah. never had one of those, not in a single podcast we've ever done. So right. that wasn't a setup to make you make it okay. If you're bad, it's not that at all. Yeah. I just, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but Chris is right. This is uh this is kind of like the spin-off. Like if we were going to spin off the sermon right. into a whole another sermon that just kind of came up and and today is definitely that cuz yeah, what I what I attempted to do with the Sunday sermon when we when I talked about sacrifice was do what we call a biblical theology of sacrifice. So that first we have to define biblical theology is a branch or a discipline of theology mm -hmm. where we look at how God reveals over time, starting with creation, moving through both testaments, he reveals something that kind of builds off of it as it goes chronologically. Mm -hmm. as it, so I, I used that term one time. I said, hey, you should look into biblical theology to my fr a friend of mine. And he thought I meant like, biblical theology as opposed to like unbiblical theology. He thought I was saying like, you need to read the Bible. And what I was just saying was, no, there's a discipline of theology. Sometimes we compare this to systematic theology, a different discipline. So so all that to say, that's what I tried to do, a biblical theology of sacrifice. Now to do that in a, you know, it wasn't even a full 35 minute sermon because I had communion in there sure. and some other things to do that in that time frame during the Advent season was not really doable. So I just kind of want to add some some padding exactly. to that. This is the things that got cut out of the biblical theology. So we're talking about sacrifice, right? We talk about this idea that God has created this system where when you sin, something has to die. And there are so many questions behind that. You know, even Adam and Eve in the garden, when they sin, something had to die to cover them. So in, in some ways, God implicitly creates sacrifice. But I, I I get that question. Sometimes I even think about that myself. 
why does something have to die when we sin? Why can't God just say, like, that's okay, or I forgive you without without bloodshed? Yeah. Don't have a great answer. <laughs> it's like, we're all looking uh, I, to you for answers. No, I, I mean, it's a, huge, it's a huge answer, and I think it does go back to that Genesis discussion we had a few weeks ago when we talked about you know, the two animals giving up their lives to give skin. I, I am convinced that that's what the passage is saying. And, and yeah. I, granted, it's, it's reading into the text because it's not actually there. But if you take an animal skin off of an animal, the animal doesn't live. So I think if you, I think biblically, you know, biblical theology wise, if we're thinking about the theme of sacrifice, it starts with God saying, if you eat from this tree, you will surely die. And the very next thing that happens in the narrative after they eat the, the tree, eat from the tree and they get, you know, the curse that's given to them in Genesis 3, God then calls forth two animals and gives his, give their skins to, to the people. And you might say, why does something need to die to satisfy, you know, sin? The answer is something had to die. Yeah. And sin God, brings death. Because God yeah. said, this is what's going to happen to you. And so God would not actually be true to his character if he didn't follow through on what he said was going to happen when it happens. I think what we're supposed to think about in the Genesis 3 account is that grace is imparted to them through the animals, right? The death that they deserved instantaneously doesn't go to them instantaneously. It comes to, through the animals. Now, death eventually comes to them. And there's a lot of discussion about spiritual death, real death. Yeah. The idea is that death death becomes a part of the human story in that moment. But the animals did take upon them the, you know, the injustice, so to speak, that was committed against God. And if you think about it, just from a biblical theology idea, what that's saying then is something has to pay the price that you deserve because mm-hmm. of what you've done. So I think if, if you put it that way, if you start the structure that way, then it doesn't fall out of line that the sacrificial system would be necessary. And I would be of the opinion uh, that I actually do think that when an animal was sacrificed in the Old Testament, sins were atoned for. The problem was it's not every sin that you committed. So, for example, if I murder someone, I might go and sacrifice an animal to cover the murder but it doesn't atone for my heart. It doesn't atone for my mindset. It doesn't atone for every aspect of it. And yes, I can give another sacrifice for the unintentional sins that I committed and so on and so forth. But where does the, where does the line stop? I could sacrifice 10,000 animals and still not truly atone for the murder that I committed. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Right. And you know, just digging at the idea of, of sacrifice, you, you said it really well the death that I deserve. Yes. And so that's where I think why God brings in sacrificial system and then implements in Leviticus to his nation. Once his nation becomes a thing, they're no longer a tribe. They're no longer a group of people, but they are a nation. Then he creates and reveals to them and gives them a national sacrificial system because there are sacrifices. Abraham offers sacrifices. uh, Different people are offering sacrifices, different, places along the way. But then at Sinai in that covenant, there's the, here's the way the nation is going to do this now. And that's what I talked about in the sermon, those national sacrifices. But anyway, something has to die because sin brings death. Yep. And so the sacrificial system becomes that system where something does die, but it's a way for God's special relationship with humans that he's created to not 
they don't have to die at every sin, that something else can take the place of that. Sure. But where that gets kind of tricky then is I've had this conversation with a number of people. And it's just really interesting. So you you have this system that I talked about in Leviticus chapter one, where God says, do this, sure. place your hands here. It's, uh, you know, the, the purpose of these sacrifices is twofold, the ransom or the pain of the price for justice and then the purification. But then you get, then you get like instances in First Samuel 15 where Saul offers a sacrifice that he wasn't supposed to. Saul, verse 20, if you read, Saul says to Samuel, I've obeyed the voice of the Lord. I've gone on a mission which the Lord sent me. I brought the king of Agag, the king of Amalek. I've devoted them to destruction, but the people, you know, all these kinds of things. And Samuel says, has the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is to better, better than to sacrifice and to listen better than the fat of rams. And so even there, Samuel's recognizing, well, okay, right. the the sacrificial system is less important than obedience. And then, of course, Hebrews tells us that uh, verse 5, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Oh, sorry, verse 4. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. So why would God give them this system and say, follow this system that's not important, that Jesus is like, mm, that's not actually going to take away sins. And Samuel's like, I would rather you obey than do that. Why is there a sacrificial system yep. when it doesn't seem to be that important? I have some thoughts. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So I think every time that I hear questions like that, and I've had people come and ask me those same questions as well, and I, I, I work it through with them. I, I'm skimming the the text right now to go back to the detail that you just asked. But I, so I think in the Saul situation, and I could be wrong here. Again, this is off the cuff. You guys can go look. We're looking at First Samuel, you know, start in chapter ten and then move through it. But what I believe, I believe Saul knows that he's not supposed to offer a sacrifice first of all, and yep. I also believe Samuel actually told him, "Wait for me to come yep. give the sacrifice." You're correct. Yeah. So if the Lord told him to do something and he then chooses not to do it, that is more the issue that Samuel might be talking about. It's not so much a, I would rather have you obey instead of give sacrifices. It's more, I would rather you obey and give sacrifices in the correct way. So in one sense, you could make the case throughout the whole Old Testament, back to your point and back to what we're kind of talking about is the sacrifice God desires is to do the thing he asked you to do. Right. In the in the absence of doing that thing, a sacrifice will be given to cover over your mistake. However, when you're using your mistake to actually offer the sacrifice, there is no forgiveness. And there's a huge discussion in the, theological circles about wh- whether Saul actually ever served Yahweh. Because there's multiple times where he says, your God, Samuel, or your God. He, he doesn't talk about our God. He says, your God. So it might actually be that what Israel's looking for is a king, and the king that they choose because he's taller than everybody else actually doesn't serve the one true God that they're supposed to be following, mm-hmm. and that actually might be more the issue. So in the middle of this, I like I don't know if that totally answers the question, but I think one part of what I'm thinking through is whenever I see a text and it says something like, I desire sacrifice less than I desire your offering or your obedience, I think it's a both-and rather than either or. But what God really desires is for our hearts to want to serve him, to obey him, to follow him. 
and then we'll give an, a sacrifice for the right reasons, right? I mean, yeah. go back to the Cain and Abel story. If we're going to predate Saul here big time, those two are giving an offering out of the goodness of their heart. One of them obviously did it correctly. One of them obviously did it wrong. We have nothing in the text that says what Cain did wrong. And God's point isn't so much you are sinful. It's more that you did. You should have done it differently. So do it differently next time. Don't let anger burn inside of you. Don't kill your brother. And that's what mm-hmm. he does. So I think there's a there, there's a there's a textual idea, but back to biblical theology, that's sort of building this case of the most important thing for you to do is to obey the word of God. If you don't obey the word of God, something is going to have to take your place in the sacrifice that you deserve. What do you think of that answer? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know I purposely you know just read First Samuel 15 because First Samuel 13 actually describes when that happened. You know, Samuel's supposed to come after seven days. He says, wait for me. He doesn't come. And so verse nine, bring the burnt offering here to me and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And so he didn't obey. And what what I get from that is that the the purpose of the sacrifice has that purification and that ransom idea. Well, because he was not obedient to what Samuel had asked him to do, what God had asked him to do really through right. Samuel, then that's where God God cares about the obedience in those things. It's not just a ritual. It's not just a step through this process, jump through these hoops, because God's never worked that way. God's mm-hmm. never worked through the way of, okay, if you just go through these motions, I will be pleased. Right. It's when you obey in devotion. And you know that's kind of yeah. what we wrapped up with with 2 Corinthians. The, well, the, and let me jump in there for a second, because I think the point— if you think about that all the way through the Bible, that's Jesus's point. Right. He is obeying the, the word of the Lord. He's doing what God has asked him to do, but he's pushing back on people that are just doing it out of the sake of obligatory, you know, whatever. And then, but then you move further into, we're going to touch Galatians this fall. Paul's point is you're all talking about the sacrificial system as if it's the most important thing, but how did Abraham get saved if he didn't have the sacrificial system? It was right. by faith. And so what Paul's point is, it's not that sacrifices don't matter at all. It's that faith matters more than the sacrifice. And now that Christ has made the ultimate sacrifice, we're covered in his blood. We don't need to give anything else at this point. Well, I'm going to clarify what you just said. We don't need to give anything else in that sacrifice, but then we live out the sacrifice ourselves. Because I think that's— That's a good point. I think that's an important point to make because it's not that the sacrificial system is done away with now. It just looks differently. Mm -hmm. And so— that's where I would say, you know, you look at the Old Testament and those sacrifices were done. Why were those done? As a picture of what Jesus would do. Yep. And so the the transmission, the laying, the, the, sh- the shedding of blood, the putting the hands on, things like that. All of that is teaching Israel to look for the Messiah who will do this eventually. And I think that's why the writer of Hebrews can say it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. I would say there's not actual atonement in those animals being mm-hmm. offered but the the devotion the dedication the cost is setting your heart and your mind toward Jesus is the one who's going to do this and then after Jesus has done this where we live today is then we say okay that sacrifice has been made now we live out a sacrifice ourselves through obedience through worship sure. through prayer through the you know Romans uh, revelation I, what did I quote Philippians 4 you know there, there's yeah. just like a lot of these different ways right. That we live that out, and and where I wanted to spin this off as we start to land the plane on this this episode is sometimes we hear that we see things like 
sacrifices don't actually take away sin, or we see 1 Samuel 13 and 15, it's better to obey than to sacrifice, people will spin that to say, well, the systems aren't necessary. The systems are just shadows. So as long as you just are devoted to God, that's all that matters. And where they will spin that to is, so I don't need to be a part of a church. I don't need to be a part of a community. I don't need to be in fellowship with other believers because especially an organized church that has a name and a building and, you know, a logo, that's the that's the system and the system is broken the system isn't necessary i can just sit in my house and read the bible and be devoted to god i don't need the system but you and i would push back on that pretty hard well because god tells us to have a family right so if if we're going to i love where this is going and this this you did a good job of setting up the trap without me realizing it uh if you stop and think that through what god told you was to be a part of the local church mm-hmm. so if you're really going to take all these words for, for serious and for real, like you're going to step back and go, God's call to me is the most important thing, even more than what I, what I provide for him through sacrifice. So for us to be living sacrifices, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us to do, that means I'm going to submit myself to him. I'm going to sacrifice myself to him and say, I'm all yours. What do you want me to do? And his next thing is, I want you to commit yourself to a local body of believers, and I want you to walk through this with community because they are going to help you do it. Yeah, and you are going to help them do it as well. I think people miss that. They say, sometimes people say, well, I'm not really getting anything out of this, or I'm not, this isn't really meeting my needs, or I don't feel like I'm growing. And often those are the people that, you know, the reason you're not growing is because you're not giving back. Like you're at the part, at the point of your spiritual life where you have gathered a lot but in order to continue to grow, you're going to have to start giving back. You're going to have to be teaching it or serving or even giving finances or sure. giving time and energy and skill set. And that's part of what what God has called us to live by. That is the obedience that, you know, the obedience that he's asking us to do is to participate in community because we need the community, but then the community also needs each one of us individually. Like we have something to contribute. So I'd push people to that. Be a contributor. Yeah, I love that idea. And I I think if you stop and think that through, you'll see your part in the story of God and you'll jump in and be a part of it. And, And that's how you're the sacrifice. Yeah. You live out sacrifice. Love it. 